Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Hello, hello. We are recording today from my parents' house. (laughs) We're still um, staying with family. We just had another wedding. So if you hear some audio in the background, it's, you know, our audio situation is different here at at my mom's house. Um, But we have had the opportunity lately to attend two different weddings. Uh, First wedding was my brother and the second one was Chris's niece. And Chris had this really cool opportunity that he's never had before to perform the the wedding ceremony for his niece. And so he did such a great job just a couple of days ago. And he, she had asked him to share some words of advice for them, you know, as they're starting out. And I was like, this would be a really good podcast. So let's just share like your advice that you had for the wedding. So today is wedding advice for those newly married and those, you know, married a long time. I think it's really great and applicable advice, no matter where you are in a marriage or relationship. Yeah, so the first, so when I was sitting there thinking about, okay, what they had, obviously some things planned that they wanted me to say. But then my niece gave me the liberty to like, yeah, give us some advice, like speak to us. And so I was, I thought a lot about it, prayed about it, meditated, pondered. And I just kind of had these, these four ideas that uh, these pieces of advice that came to me that I wish I would have either known or I wish I would have really committed to when I was first um, marrying Melissa. And the first one was to never stop building and strengthening your marriage and your relationship. And you know, I think marriage, like most things in life, is like a muscle. If you focus on it and you exercise it and you work at it, it will grow stronger. And if you neglect it, it will weaken. And I think so much of that is like, I think a lot of times when you're when you're dating someone or you're thinking about getting married or you've been, you know, it's like you work really hard at it because you want to put your best foot forward and you want to be impressive and you want to impress the other person. And then it's just really easy to fall into a trap that after you're married, you stop intentionally working at building and strengthening your marriage. And it's not, I don't think it's intentional that you stop doing it. I think a lot of times just life just happens. Like I can't tell you how many couples we've talked to that they don't go on a date once a week and not because they don't want to, they just, life happens. And they'll kind of like look up one day and be like, man, we haven't been on a date in six months. We never create one-on-one time for each other. We never have intentionally created time, just the two of us. And so it's just, that's an example of like, never stop building and strengthening your marriage, which also to me, I could have spoken for an hour, but I tried to keep it really, really brief at the wedding. But it also means never stop building and strengthening yourself because, you know, a marriage is only as strong as the two people inside of it. And the, re- and the reason why maybe other than the obvious to never stop building, strengthening your marriage. One of the biggest reasons I think is because as, as a couple, you're going to face really challenging times. And some, sometimes the challenges are going to be so great. You don't think you can overcome them, but I truly believe that two people who are committed to each other can overcome anything together. You really can create a one plus one equals three. You know, it doesn't have to just be one plus one equals two. And Melissa had this um, saying last year and she put it on her vision board better together. 
And I think that's really, yeah, what we're striving for in a marriage is to be better together. That the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So I don't know if you'd add anything to that, Melissa, but that was my first piece of advice is never stop having a focus on building, strengthening your marriage. Yeah. The the thing that came to mind was we were actually talking to a couple yesterday who we were, they were, I'm trying to decide how much backstory to give, but we're taking a church through family brand and we're taking their entire congregation through it. Yeah. So we were doing a, a call with their congregation yesterday and, and it came up and we'd taken them through this exercise where you kind of look at your, how you're spending your time and, and what, what you want to keep spending your time doing and is there, are there things you want to change? And, and one couple realized, you know, after kind of evaluating, looking at their calendar, they realized we don't have any time together like in our busy schedules, you know, they both have a busy work schedule. They have kids. They realize we don't have any time set aside for just us to be together. And like Chris is saying, I think that's really important. So that'd be the first thing is really evaluate. Are we, are we getting our, our date nights in or whatever you decide you want to do, but having that, that commitment to have one-on-one time together. Yeah. So maybe identify right now, whether you're just getting married or you've been married, what's one thing that you can commit to to building and strengthening your marriage, whatever that looks like for you. The second piece of advice I gave them was to set a goal to never say rude, hurtful, hateful, mean things to each other. And I said, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't have disagreements. That doesn't mean that you might not get in arguments, but but you can have disagreements and arguments without saying really mean, hurtful, hateful, rude things to each other. And And I've seen some relationships and I've seen some, whether that's marriages or just business partnerships or parents and siblings or sorry, parents and children or among siblings, I've seen relationships where on one hand, people want to have a connection or a relationship with this person, but then they'll say like really terrible things to one another. And I really, after seeing this happen a few times, I just came to the conclusion. It's not, I don't think it's possible to have a really close, connected, loving relationship. And at the same time, when you're mad or things aren't going your way, you say just really awful things to one another. And unfortunately, I think in marriages and families, it's the easiest to slip into that because you get so comfortable with people. You know, it's so sad that in that we speak the the most harshly or the we say the worst things to the people that are closest to us. And it doesn't make sense, but it's because we're so comfortable with each other. Like we talk to sometimes we talk to our spouse or our siblings or our children sometimes in ways we would never talk to a stranger or a friend. And yeah, I know some of my biggest regrets in life are, thing, are times when I was mad or frustrated where I've said things to Melissa or I said things to my kids that it just, yeah, those are some of my biggest regrets that I wish I could take back. And, and so I think just realizing, yeah, like if I want to have a really close, loving, connected relationship with this person, that can't, that can't happen. It can't work if I'm saying really awful things. Yeah, it's like the that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones. Words can never hurt me. I think that they actually can, like, they do hurt sometimes, and they're not something that can be taken back always. So, yeah, that's great advice. The third thing was to not keep score. And it's so easy to do in a relationship, especially marriage. It's so easy to start tallying up either verbally out loud or just in your mind, like, well, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And what have you done? And I read this book, I've maybe shared this on a podcast episode, but it's a really amazing book called The Go-Giver. And in the book, it talks about this idea that if you want to have a really happy, fulfilled, and you know, successful life, the root of the the root of that is giving. 
you know, the people who give the most and serve the most are also the ones who seem to be the most happy and successful. And it talked about that one of the keys around giving is not keeping score. And that we've been taught in life this concept of 50-50, win-win, like it's a good thing. But what the book revealed that I had never thought about is that when you say something like, hey, let's create a win-win, let's create a 50-50, that that's actually a losing proposition for both parties. Because what it's saying is I'll come 50% of the way, but then you have to come 50% of the way. And if you don't come 50% of the way, you know, I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to remind you about it. So it's basically a form of keeping score. It's like, okay, I'll do my half and then let's see if they do their half. And the book reveals that the only win is when you make it a hundred percent about the other person with no thought or expectation of them doing anything in return, which can be scary because you're kind of, you know, you're, you're vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there. But what I shared with, with my niece and now my nephew was that, but if both of you are 100% committed to making it a win for the other person and like, so you have two people that are willing to go hundred percent, that is like, to me, the recipe for a really happy really fulfilled relationship. And, and I think that one, this one requires a lot of trust and a lot of faith because there may be times where you're going a hundred percent or you feel like you are and the other person isn't. But again, it's, it's to do the best you can to not keep score when that is the case. This is something Chris and I, we got this advice from my grandpa and grandma when we first got married. And it's something that we still, we still are working on. We just had a conversation last week about how we could how we could even continue to improve on this. So it's it's like a it's a journey for sure. Yeah. And I don't know that we ever truly get there where we don't keep score at all, but I think it's the, the striving for, you know, all right, I'm going to I'm going to do everything in my power to make Melissa's happiness, Melissa's fulfillment, Melissa's like joy in life 100% my focus. And then if Melissa says, I'm going to make, you know, Chris's happiness, fulfillment and joy 100% my focus. Now, I am not, I'm not responsible for Melissa's happiness and she's not responsible for mine because that's an individual thing, but I can make it a focus, right? To serve that person as much as I can. And I think sometimes the analogy they also talk about in the book is sometimes we want to receive and then we'll give. It's like, they use this analogy of a log fire and it's like, Hey, give me some heat. Give me some, give me some warmth. And then I'll put logs on the fire. And it's like, you know, you've got to, you've got to make a contribution first. But I think if both people have that focus of serving the other, not keeping score, And then the last piece of advice I gave them, and to me, it was the most important for my niece and nephew is he has two children and my, my niece has a beautiful little daughter. And so, you know, they're, they're combining families and they have really beautiful family and these three beautiful children together. And I just said that your marriage and how you treat one another and how you speak to one another and how you show up for one another and your commitment to each other is a demonstration to your children of what they think a marriage is. And it's a demonstration of what they will want. So if they see a family that's committed to each other and a mom and dad who are committed to one another, who are striving to be close and connected and working on the relationship and and they love each other, well, then that's what they're going to expect. And kind of this idea that we've talked about, you can't be what you can't see. If they they see you, you know, then that's who they're going to strive to be. And I think that's a really good reminder to not just someone that's getting married and doesn't have children, but even those of us who have who are already married and have children is that your marriage is the demonstration to your children of what a marriage looks like. And that can be a confronting thing. But I, I hope that our children catch us loving each other and being kind to one another and serving each other more often, you know, than not. But yeah, that's a really interesting thing. I think that you, you can't be what you can't see. And what do our children see 
in our marriage. What would you say to, I know we have listeners that, you know, maybe have ended marriages that weren't, they didn't feel were, were healthy or, you know, they find themselves not, not in a marriage. What would you say to, in, in this context of like, you can't, you can't be what you can't see. Like, I just, what advice would you give? Yeah, it's a really great question. I think if you have a marriage that has ended, you still have an opportunity to, to be a demonstration. Like I, I've seen marriages end where the husband and wife really struggle to be kind to one another and struggle to, you know, or, or one of the parties does. And it's just, and you know, I know that's, can, I just can only imagine how tough that can be. And I think that I've also seen, I've seen marriages end where the the mom and the dad still do everything in their power to support each other, to speak kindly about each other. They never speak negatively about each other in front of their kids. So I still think you're demonstrating, you know, even in that, even in a tough situation, you're still being a demonstration of what being, you know, kind and loving can look like. I've also seen a couple recently, husband and wife, who when they first got married, they, they, when they first, both of them got divorced, had, they had children, got divorced. And they said that right after they'd gotten divorced and then for some time, you know, then they eventually met, got married. It was really, really rough. And both of them had really contentious relationships with their exes. And they said, we weren't a good example to our kids. You know, the way we spoke about our exes. And they said, and over time though, we realized like we wanted to be a better example of that we could still be as loving and as caring as possible, even in that circumstance. And so they really did the work to like repair their relationships with each of their exes and have them be part of their lives and their children's lives. And so I would say that that's always obviously an opportunity if you are divorced to still be a demonstration of what's possible. And then I would say maybe if, if to your other question, what if the other person's not involved and you're just a single parent and there's not much involvement from anyone else, the way you live your life is a demonstration to your children. And it, and, and I've seen so many, I've met so many amazing, inspiring people that came from like a single parent home where the other parent wasn't ever even in the picture whose lives have turned out amazing. And they, and they, they credit a lot of that to their like amazing mom who raised them or their amazing dad who raised them. And so I don't want to also, yeah, discourage anyone that, but the way we live our lives, whether it's in a marriage or not, is a demonstration to our children of what's possible. And I think it's really powerful. Like, I think some of the most, the most powerful teaching lessons oftentimes is when we do share with our kids mistakes we've made, things we got wrong. I think that's one of the biggest challenges in families and that's not talked about enough, you know? So maybe, yeah, maybe you, maybe you have had a relationship that didn't go well and that, you know, maybe you had a divorce and you wished you could do things differently and you're worried about what that communicates to your children. And I think you could share the lessons you've learned from it and be really open and authentic with them. That's great advice. Any, any final things you'd say? No, I mean, those are the four pieces of advice that I shared at the wedding. And, and, and again, like Melissa said, as I'm sharing, as I'm sharing those pieces of advice with them, I'm also really realizing that I'm sharing them with myself as well. Cause I, I, I can be, I need to be reminded all the time of continuing to build the strength in our marriage. I need to be reminded all the time of like not saying mean, rude, hurtful, hateful things like, you know, and like being able to be more mature than that. And, and then obviously Melissa and I are, you know, we just had a conversation last week about how can we continue to work on not keeping score. And then, yeah, like in my personal life and then also in my marriage, just like the, the way I live my life is a demonstration to my children of what's possible. And it's kind of funny, like just to that, that point right there is my oldest son Tate lately has gotten into working out with me and he loves to come into the gym in the morning and work out and lift weights. And, and so I've also noticed he is super, super conscious and aware of what I eat. Cause he's like, well, what's, if my dad says, you know, Smiths are healthy and active and he has this commitment to health. 
to the point where it's actually gotten like kind of annoying. <laughs> like I look over my shoulder, I'm like in the fridge and he's standing right there. Like, okay, what you eating? what's that going to eat? You know, but I realized like, wow, like he really is paying attention. And I think that's like one of the things that our kids are always paying attention, even if they don't realize they are, you know? And so that's like, I don't think that's anything to be intimidated about or, but yeah, we get to be the demonstration of them. Thank you so much. Hopefully, whether you're just newly married or, yeah, you've been married for some time, these four pieces of advice. And so, yeah, I would, I would encourage you to maybe make a commitment around how you're going to build and strengthen, how you're going to continue building and strengthening your marriage. Make a goal to never say mean, rude, or hurtful, hateful things to each other. So upgrade like how we're talking to one another. Three, yeah, really look and see like, do I keep score? Do I have this mentality of kind of I'll come 50 if you come 50? And then maybe the fourth is maybe identify one one way that you could, an area where you want to be a demonstration to your children. See you guys next week. Hey there, thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.